1: we're going to transition over. So, Lucky Lefty Podcast, we'll, we we it different. We'll be right back. Back on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Left, I didn't look because we're going to get to it. I didn't even want to play the audio from what happened last night on Dabo Sweeney's talk, Coach Talk Show with Tyler from Spartanburg. No, man, it's it's not even worth it because we can just get into it, right? Can I get can it, you? No, 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 you started off, Left. You started off because you know what you said to me last night. I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna have to let you roll. First of all, CFB Nation presented by Twit. It's it, 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 T. <laughs>
2: That's
1: right. So Go ahead, Lev. Just your overall thoughts and the things that you said.
2: Well, I just thought it was real interesting, you know, it was a couple things. One is just the fact that, you know, he felt like from where he is as a coach, knowing all the things that he's been keeping it God-like professional with
1: mm-hmm. to,
2: to have a rant like he did with the guy from Spartanburg, it, it really just kind of – counter opposite of what you was preaching about God image and likeness that mm-hmm. wasn't a very godly thing to to, in my opinion, I feel like you needed to express because anytime a person has to
1: explain their own resume your, your mic level dropped left
2: anytime you have to explain your own resume <laughs> I just think, it, I think I just think it hurts the whole identity of what are you really doing it for. If this was about God image and likeness, you don't have to explain your resume because God knows it. God understands the effort that you've put in and that it, it, that no other opinion matters other than God. You don't have to over explain and over talk and demean a uh, Tyler from Spartanburg. And I think a lot of it too is that Tyler from Spartanburg have very fair questions. Football, unfortunately, is what have you done for me lately? So you don't have the luxury to just rely on, you know, counter success, previous successes. Just because the fan base doesn't doesn't understand with how that calculates to a four and four season right now. It's a fair question, but I do think when you start talking about that money, see, mm. see, see you, you start start talking about them funions. <laughs> good old good old god image and likeness turns into the angry angry mega pastor joel osteen when that when that plate doesn't come around real full you, you, you start you I just want to
1: say that comment because you know text threads back and forth cam mcdaniel was in on it too that's right and that's cam mcdaniel was like yo he, he sounds like the upset mega church pastor that doesn't like his message being questioned or something. Yeah, but.
2: like, where they, they asked, well, what do you do with all that money that you get? Right, right, right. You know, how did you, you know, you think you really need that, that nice Gulfstream jet that you fly around with delivering the, the word of God with the yeah. nice Rolex? And once you start talking about those pockets, I think it hit a nerve for him as well because now that expectation of 11 and a half million That's not paying for seven years of having two championships. That's not paying for that. Yeah. And so when that is a question, it it then comes in question your focus, which I think is a human natural characteristic for a guy who who loves to talk about him literally having nothing, working his way up from the mail room to making himself a head coach when nobody believed him yeah and now he's making eleven and a half million dollars a year
1: raise three great sons
2: raise three great sons because that yeah. apparently has anything to do with this four and four season but we, we need to know you raised three great sons with a wife mm-hmm. that eleven and a half million dollars can make anybody lose a little bit of tenacity mm-hmm. it takes it's it's okay it's okay i'm sure when patrick mahomes signed that half a billion dollar contract yeah he's still telling yeah he's gonna play yeah he's gonna go hard but at the back of his mind he's gotta think like man if i just x y and z yeah what are they gonna say and so for a guy like that will be doing in 15 years finally he's getting that payday that he Rightfully so. Rightfully deserves. You have worked your way, and nobody can question that. However, you have to keep playing. It's one thing if you wanted to tap out. Yeah, tap out right now, you're good. We will talk about your success for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. But you decide to keep playing. What happens in basketball? You going down the lane. You make a nice move, and everybody ooh and ah, and you get fouled. And you missed a shot. If you don't say nothing, what happened? They keep playing. Don't complain about you getting fu- called a foul.
1: hmm
2: Because if you don't call the foul and you keep playing, they're not gonna they're not gonna talk about oh you got foul back there. So, for Dabo Sweeney, when you driving down the lane. You making good plays and you get fouled, call it. Then we can then we can rest. Yeah. Talk about you. You can shoot your free throws. We can discuss. (coughs) Yeah. We we can we can we can address it. and Move on. But you decided to keep playing. So now we gotta judge the rest of your game. Yeah. We moving on. Yeah. Yeah. You. It was a nice move. You missed it. You didn't call no foul. We we down the other side of the court. Yeah. So I think. It's just a a matter of, okay, yeah, you are very well respected, rightfully so, Davo, we will never take away from you. But if you're going to continue to go, you can continue to be criticized, just like Jimbo Fisher. He found out after he had that Jameis run that he still can get criticized. Mm. And he went through his temper tantrums about all sorts of things. And now he's back in the position of climbing back up. That's just a way to do it. And I think if you want that legacy, then quit while you ahead. That's the only thing I can say. And then you don't have to worry about people questioning why you're getting paid X and Y. you saying this your last year, to cool.
1: Left, well, I'm going to say something that might sound controversial to some people. It might upset some people, you know? Um <laughs> i told you who my mother is right that's right what type of person she is left i was raised to be a good person and to love others before i ever had my own relationship with god
2: that's right now
1: once i got a relationship it magnified it strengthened what my parents had put in me, to the core. That's right. And we said yesterday. See, this is this is this is how the enemy works, left. As soon as you throw that shield out front, here comes temptation, dude. As soon as you boldly put it out there, like this is who I am. This is who I stand for. This is what. Dude, that all of that this is college football recruiting that's fine if that's who you are as a person of course that's the foundation of the program because that's who you are guess who else has that same type of foundation in a different way Deion sanders that's right guess guess who else has that same type of foundation in a, a different way Marcus Freeman three men with Christian values totally different people I've I've yet to see I've yet to see Marcus Freeman in times of trouble and he's had a few of those moments in his first two years I've yet to see him Throw his shield out there, bro. In the midst of not getting help in the NIL space, transfer space, frustration, being questioned after a home loss to Marshall, a home loss to Stanford. He didn't go that route. And see, there are people like, oh, I really appreciate Dabo just being That's fine. But understand, when you throw it out front like that, temptation is coming. And Tyler, right. from, Tyler from Spartanburg was temptation. That's right. And you didn't come across that good. Yeah, Apple he bit the cheese. He bit yeah, the you cheese. You, you didn't treat Tyler from Spartanburg. Because Tyler from Spartanburg might have, he hurt your feelings.
2: That's right. That's
1: what he did. When he, when he, when he questioned you, you possibly being arrogant, when he questioned your 11 million dollars you told that young man you're not gonna talk to me like i'm 12. hold on hold on That that's some deep stuff now you, you letting yeah. us into your psyche and we don't need to be in there
2: that yeah, young didn't man didn't, all that.
1: he didn't say anything to you that should have made you feel inferior because when you start going through time. your resume when you start going through your resume that's what was coming out I do this with with young people for a living. I've been doing it for 20 years. It was like, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. But I'm going to say this on his behalf. I hope he has people around him that are not willing to rub his back, clap for him, encourage him, and say, that's right. Stand up for yourself. No. These people around him to let him know right now, and I think somebody had a talk with him last night because he came to his press conference this morning and was very much like, yeah, I probably should have handled that differently and been a little nicer. Yeah, right. you think you think you think?
2: I mean that's whenever a coach does that, Brian Kelly has similar uh Situations where he's gotten a little uh, long-winded in responses unnecessarily, but I think that's attrition to him questioning his own uh, sustainability at that position where he's got to boost himself up to say, I did do that. I, I mm-hmm. am who I say I am. I just am going through something for a short period of time. So a lot of that he was probably... Feeling that pressure from that man, I am, un, un you know, I'm trying to figure it out do it my way, and it's not coming across. And I know that the fans are feeling the heat, but mm-hmm. that's something that happens. You feel that regular stress of college football coaches.
1: That's and that's you know,
2: you just you just aren't accustomed to it because you've been spoiled riches.
1: as as left as someone that's accustomed and has been in similar positions that is you know because i i have no judgment towards him i just know
2: simply nobody's beyond reproach in this industry to nobody's
1: beyond reproach and you and you are at a point where you should accept.
2: like how dare you question yeah yeah he's like how dare should you question Me, I'm yeah, I'm the championship guy around here. If you, and then it's almost like he's like, if you get rid of me, who you gonna get?
1: Yeah, that's what it came across
2: from. It's like you want two championships in seven years, you think, I am who I am, you know? Yeah, yeah,
1: and and I look, you know. I don't want them to change like a dude. Be that dude. If you want your program to be a beacon in college football championship and be a beacon for God, then that's fine. If you're going to continue to not use the transfer portal and not do NIL, you already said you were going to quit if players got paid. That's been happening. So I'm waiting for your resignation letter. You keep collecting that $11 dollars. $11 I see. You That's made right. that statement the day that they, remember. The day players get paid, I'm go, I'm quitting. I'm retiring, and I'm gonna go do something else. Okay. The time is ticking. You're kind of coaching like you might be wanting to leave. That's what it sounds. That's cool. Like but you have to be ready to handle the business of college football and trust me that business conversation with clemson is going to happen the same way in 2016 that business conversation took place with brian kelly in the administration oh you better believe the clemson administration is going to have a conversation with dabbo sweeney this offseason
2: they gonna give him the they're gonna give him the one time out mm-hmm. golden ticket to go ahead and refresh everything and we're gonna only talk to you about this the last time that's it you gonna this your last little whatever we're gonna we're gonna look past all of it we gonna yeah look, hit the refresh button and we need to we need to see that clemson of the seven years ago you keep talking about
1: can i talk my for a second can I uh-huh. talk that? Can I talk that Notre Dame for a second? That's right. Let me talk it for a second, Le. Because he said they had two championships in seven years, right? And he listed all the accomplishments and said nobody else has done that other than Alabama and Georgia. And Georgia. Right? Right? And you still don't have the amount of pressure that Marcus Freeman has. It's Clemson. I don't, you have two championships, and the pressure on the crown that you wear still is not as heavy as Marcus Freeman, or as heavy as the crown that Brian Kelly wore. The Clemson head football coach crown is nowhere near with the head coach at Notre Dame. Are you kidding me? It's Tyler, like, from, it, Tyler it's, from Spartanburg is lightweight. That's right. That's right. Come do that. Come do that over here with Notre Dame fans.
2: That's like you win a championship at the Pacers, and then you're trying to talk about you're not the Lakers head coach. The Lakers head right. coach got to go through way more. Way more. So once you won a couple championships at the Pacers, you treating it like it's the Lakers. It's not the, it's not the Lakers. You, you, you had a market where they're grateful. You brought the championships to South Carolina. Nobody thinking about that in the grand scheme of things no Marcus freeman is under a bigger gun and he hadn't even had seven years to attempt to get two championships you won
1: two championships in seven years and the clemson brand is still not as big as the notre dame brand
2: y'all just got a bigger slide through your whole uh facility i just got a water slide to your facility that's all
1: i had to talk my notre dame stuff and i hope clemson fans are watching this that's right this dude talking about the pressure and who else are you gonna get man that crown is light that crown is nowhere near as heavy as nick satan's that crown is nowhere near as heavy as kirby smarts is nowhere as near as heavy heck brent venables your ex-assistant that helped you win the two championships probably has a heavier crown at oklahoma than you have you trying to make it seem like that Clemson job is due. Those people aren't going to fire you. Clemson's never going to fire him, left. They will have a parting of the ways, if anything, left. That's it. They will have a mutual parting of the ways, if It'll anything.
2: It'll be mutually agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Clemson's never going to fire that dude. He's going to quote unquote step down. They go try to send him off to green pastures. They not gonna fight. They got a lot of respect for you, Dabo. You acting as if Tyler from Spartanburg was Stephen A. Smith trying to question you down on national television or something like you had to fight or argue for your job on on radio, dude. For what? And so you know. what? If
1: Clemson fans have become spoiled, it's because you started it. That's right. You gave them two generational quarterbacks. You gave them tons of NFL picks, first round picks, two championships over Alabama. When you start something, it's like having a girlfriend or a wife. The best piece of advice I got was from my grandfather two days before I got married. He said, son, what you do the first week, be prepared to do for the rest of your life. Basically, the way you start with her, you start off with all these gifts, flowers, and all of that, you better keep doing it. If he's 4-4, and, four and four it's not what they're used to. That's not, what, that's not what the fan base is used to. A possibility of not going to a bowl game, which is very possible. Because it's very possible Notre Dame walks in on Saturday and smacks you around. It's very possible Notre Dame does that. And after that, it's very possible that you don't get the six wins on the season. And you don't go to a bowl game. Matter of fact, as Clemson, since you ran down all the accomplishments, I wouldn't even take a bowl game if I won six games if I was Clemson. What? We're
2: Clemson. We're not going to that bowl game. It's beneath them. It's beneath them. That's how they tell it. That's how they tell it to me. So, look,
1: man. Look, I let you talk. I wanted to get to that whole how heavy the crown is and how how much pressure in the position. Like, man, please. You might have the seventh or eighth most pressurized head coach position in all of college football. Relax. That's right. right. And that's with two national championships. Relax. Relax. Brian Kelly probably has more pressure than you at LSU. Absolutely. I guarantee you, he hasn't won at all, but as much money, as much oil money that has poured into that Texas AM program over the last five years, I guarantee you, Jimbo, Fisher is under a lot of pressure. It's like, come on, man.
2: Yeah, and I mean it, it just goes, it just it just is one of those things where your your pressure is not any more greater or even as Great as some of the other pressures in college football at that head coaching spot. You just, as an individual, feel as though this type of pressure shouldn't be placed on a person that's, in your opinion, going through a rough patch. But to others, they're saying this is a downward trend. And I think that also caught you a little, um, nicked you a little bit just because the downward trend suggests that you have really hasn't had a great job building the program back up since what you were at your peak. And in mm-hmm. any case, if somebody suggests that that perception is a lot harder to beat because that's over some time. So even yeah. if you were to win a little bowl game or get to squeeze something out at the end, they're going to be like, okay, well next year's got to be way better. And next year's got to be better than that and for where you are that's just something that you haven't had in a while
1: yeah
2: and for notre dame it's something that we deal with constantly how many coaching change how many how many injuries how many coaching changes how many schedule differences you know
0: are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience check out twisted tea Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted.
1: Love, we finally get it as a fan base and a program. We finally get an opportunity to exhale. We don't have to be perfect starting next year.
2: We don't. Which which we is we don't,
1: up? 35 years of having to be perfect for it to happen. Now we don't, we don't have, have to. to be perfect. We don't have to. We're just trying to get in the dance.
2: That's it. We're totally different. Too. The perspective changes so much. We can at least enjoy being Notre Dame fans at least enjoy going to the games we just know we need to win a certain quota we can have the whole traditional field of games we can still have prime time games and you know and we know that when it's time to lock in it's time to lock in that's what we're shooting for which in my opinion buys marcus freeman whole identity and what he's trying to build in the program it makes it better because now you know you're building up to something you can see results you can see progress. Are we going to the first round, second round? Are we making it to the championship? How are we developing guys? Do How's the transfer portal? I think that lessens because now you feel more confident that through playing games, you don't have to have ready-made guys and they can develop through the season. So you're not maybe possibly taking a Ben Joseph and you would let a Xavier watch try safety a little earlier. Or you yeah. would try to move a Clarence Lewis to safety instead of get a Ben Joseph. Or you would have tried to develop Deion Cozley instead of get Ben Skoranek for a year. You know, so that way these 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 regular season games for Jaden Greyhouse, he may even be included in some more game plays. Just because we're trying to get ourselves ready to tough out a a, a long season where we're going to need his depth at some point. Rico Flores, I think, was forced to grow a little faster because of the need to win Mm. on this regular season pace that we were on. So yeah, it's good that Rico got a chance to be there, but it's not like he's a number one receiver because he's just outright the best receiver in the country. You see what I'm saying? So I think for a guy like Jared Parker, it saves him a little bit of time to find his. Is true offense, and he can take some cracks at some different things, because the, the 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 primary thing that's the focus is getting into the postseason, and that playoff system I think will prove better for Notre Dame in the long run.
1: Yeah,
2: and uh, also allow us to probably garner a better schedule to uh, to foster some obviously more moves to be made. In the landscape of college football,
1: see, my I have two because you know, like I said, my heart really went out to Dabo because I felt him come coming out of character. You know how you start to cringe for somebody left?
2: Yeah,
1: I'm listening to the, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, and I'm because of who he always claims to be, already knew what the reaction was gonna be it was unraveling right. he was unraveling and he was unraveling and i'm cringing for him and i feel horrible for him and remember at the end of the show yesterday what did i tell you i said i'm gonna pray for him because i already knew what was headed that way i That's already right. knew the tem- i already knew the temptation was headed that way so my advice to him and pretty much to everybody man is like when times get hard that's when you search for more peace that's when you search for more patience man when times got hard for Joe it was his patience that got him through left he lost everything left and he stayed patient and trusted and look Dabo if you believe that you know how to build a winning program and continue that hold fast to that stay patient with it and trust it bro nobody else can tell you what to do with your program that's fine but don't come out of who you are find that peace man to hold on to it because if you don't hold on to that peace i promise you life will bring you something that can take you out of your skin and we'll end up getting another Situation like Tyler from Spartanburg, man. That's that's everybody, man. Like when things start falling and unraveling, and it seems like things in life are going crazy or haywire, man. That, that's when you become, in my opinion, become more grateful and thankful for the good things you do have, man. Because I promise you, man, as soon as you think it's the darkest hour, that sun is coming up. That's right. Another day is coming, man. Another opportunity to change things is coming, man. And that's that's, right. that's, what, that's what keeps Notre Dame fans coming back, right? Like, yo, hey, we can't win it this year, but, hey, next year, we can win it with Angele. We can win it with Minty. We can, hey, the schedule is light. We get into the playoffs, we got a good chance winning win a championship. You're darn right. It's another day.
2: And it's another that, season. That focuses on the quality of coach we have uh, at Marcus Freeman. And you can appreciate the recruiting jumps that we've made and the mistakes that we've corrected and mm-hmm. the direction that we've headed and a lot of aspects of the program that you overlook because yeah. we lose to a Stanford.
1: And it seems you like – He's one of those coaches. I'm sorry, Lev, and you can continue. He seems like one of those coaches that tries to find a piece. You know what I'm saying? For his program in the midst of, like, when things are kind of going haywire. He tries to find that for his players in his program.
2: He definitely latches on to the right message. And during the transition of how things take place, especially when you consider the fact that he's done and had the in my opinion deal with more as a first year head coach in just the two off seasons that he's had and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. probably more criticism than Dabo has during any stretch of those championship years or even in that seven year period so we talk about levels of things that is different levels of things and so um, for a guy to go through all of that you can only imagine it's going to make it Greater later for him. That's why I'm like, if he, by year five wins a championship, he 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 has to retire. Where where else could he go coach? The coach (laughs) the coach that actually breaks the streak. Like where where he he couldn't he couldn't go anywhere to like his he would over qualify for just about any program outside of like USC maybe and. And Alabama, or because it would be like,
1: like you actually won at Notre Dame.
2: You won at Notre Dame when
1: oh, heck, you actually go give him a like a a four million recruit, four million dollar
2: recruiting budget.
1: What do you think he's gonna do?
2: Yeah, he would have to go somewhere amazing. So they, there goes Michigan State flashing across my mind again. But well,
1: well, you know, they, they have already, uh, packaged up, uh, They've made an offer to Urban. That's already out there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, they Urban shoot, is you know. is considering, and uh, Aaron, there's been communication, and let me tell you something, boy. If Jim Harbaugh survives this scandal and Urban ends up in Michigan State, that guy Ryan Day is gonna be sweating, boy. Oh yeah. Brian Dave's gonna be sweating. He's I'm telling you now, and James Franklin, both of them. It's about to get real tight.
2: Cause Michigan State already got the attitude. They already got got urban. They already got the urban identity. They got the money. If you
1: were hearing that they were willing to give Marcus 10, I can only imagine what they laying out for Urban.
2: Oh yeah. So I do think that uh, it's one of those things where Marcus Freeman is good for Notre Dame, is getting prepared to face, and that's a two-season schedule where recruiting is gonna matter, the type of coach you are is gonna matter, and I think we'll see just how good Marcus Freeman can be once he has the pressure of having to be perfect, literally, off off of the table Initially, I think he would get more credit for his longevity and being able to get to the playoffs consecutively as opposed to losing these games to Marshall and Stanford become less of 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 a thing, you know. I mean, obviously, it's going to be something to be remembered, but if he's making the playoffs every year, he's getting the top recruiting like he's been getting close to. I find yeah. it hard for the fan base not to get behind that and see that we got the right guy, you know, to, to be at this point of college football.
1: And our fan John uh, subscriber John Collins said, you know, Marcus Freeman is going to take us to the promised land, no doubt about that. You know what's interesting about that? Brian Kelly was the absolute right coach at the right time for Notre Dame. I believe that 100% left. You could argue that. But you know who Brian Kelly is? He's Moses. Moses was the right person at the right time to be found in the water by Pharaoh's daughter, brought into the palace, learned the ways of the palace to grow up with Pharaoh's son, who would be the next Pharaoh, have a relationship. Perfect time. And eventually, Moses led everybody to freedom. Unfortunately, Moses wasn't the right person to lead them into the promised land, even though he led them to freedom. Brian Kelly brought Notre Dame out of a tough time. But Marcus Freeman is going to be the one that takes them over into the promised land.
2: You know you're going to get eaten up on the message boards. Brian kept... Who, me? Oh, yeah, they're going to be calling him Moses now. Nah, you know, just in the
1: story. I'm just relating it to the story because Moses, because of things of his own, was not allowed to enter in. He was just allowed to see it. That's right. Brian Kelly might have seen it, right? He got to the college football playoff. The one that's going to actually... Allow Notre Dame and his fan base to enter in, if you will. In my opinion, it's going to be Marcus Freeman. So I'm just agreeing with what uh, John Collins said when he mentioned the promised land. I just use that, you know, to kind of connect the dots to everybody. That's
2: all. That's good. That's
1: all I was doing left. I was inspired by John's comment there. That's all. That's right. I was just inspired. That's a fire, Lucky Lefty Podcast. What's bubbling in your spirit, Left, for this Notre Dame offense? It's Tuesday. It's collaborative time for the Notre Dame coaches. What's bubbling? You trying to, like, run right at Clemson again this year?
2: Well, I think that's something that they're going to probably have as the the starting point of building their game plan off of. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. is knowing that they can and they, well, they can always run the football so far that we've had this season. So that's going to be the starting point. But it's interesting that, you know, with this game, I do think it's a game that Sam needs to be a heavy factor in. Mm. And a lot of the reason is because that's a, a big turning point where we feel like we have an advantage of is that that position. And if the other position is that much uh more of a of a different level than the guy we got, our guy has to show the reason why. And we think that Sam is a better quarterback, but he has to show why on Saturday. And it's one of those early games, you know, he's been in plenty of them. Mm-hmm. He needs to be able to be the leader in this game and start fast and not feel like he can take a back seat and allow every everybody to play in early. It's just one of those games he's got to be extra fired up to lead this team and and start fast get a lead early because this is not a game that you want a team like this to hang around where k Klubnik can feel like it's garbage time so he can try a bunch of empty calorie stuff and now he finds himself getting hot and now we got a game late you see what i'm saying so
1: hey i see i think sam is gonna rock out because sam you know, Wake Forest—that's that's the majority of their games. Early starts, dude, and you know, that's right. Even when they played Clemson last year, it was a eleven o'clock, a uh, twelve o'clock kickoff. You know, Wake that's Forest right. maybe it was maybe he had to get used to these prime time games because at night.
2: That's right, and Sam Hartman needs to be able to just understand that. I don't think this is, especially closing out, getting close to the end of the season. You know it's almost as if you've passively been here. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting on that Sam Hartman moment to say Marcus Freeman nailed it with a grad transfer QB and it solved our problems. I don't know if, if you feel like you've had a moment during Sam's time where he's shown you that this was the the best move we could have made or this, this move would have made a different outcome in this season that something Tyler Buckner probably couldn't wouldn't be able to do I think that uh, I do believe in his talent I'm just saying the moments haven't been there as if what I probably wanted you know and I don't know if that's a harsh take or just a take that maybe I'm not seeing the moments but maybe there's moments that are out there
1: well in order for the Notre Dame fan base to be predicting Heisman you have to have Heisman moments, correct?
2: That's right.
1: So that's that's basically all you're saying, left. You're not being harsh. You know, you just expected more moments.
2: Yeah, and, and I mean, the Sam Harmon moment of what? Running for fourth and 16? That is the biggest against, moment of the year. Against Duke, a Duke basketball team? I mean, what is Duke doing now? So, I'm just, you know, it's ironic that your best highlight is not you throwing the football.
1: Wow. I, yo, hey. Wow. You put and it like that. We got rid of the
2: guy that can run.
1: <laughs> hey, you know what time it is. Oh. <laughs>
2: Junction.
1: Petty Junction, petty story of the day brought to you by Anura Whiskey, AnuraWiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, Whiskey.com. It is Halloween, and in the Halloween uh, mood, the Chicago Bears decide to give away another second round pick for the second straight year. Last year, they traded. At the deadline for chase claypool for a second round lost pick this year they trade for montez sweat who's the 48th ranked pass rusher according to pff for a second round pick and unless he signs a long-term deal it'll be another lost second round pick so they're you know they're just in the mood of giving I guess since it's Halloween, man. That Ryan, I'm ready for all. I'm ready to clean house. Left. I was begging for Justin Fields to be traded today. That would. I man. I just wanted the young man to get out of here. Just, just get him out of here. Not gonna it, I was not gonna bang, him, man, up. man, stop punishing him. You know. They're going to set it up, man. Bears fans all excited. We got a pass rusher. I said your quarterback is still Tyson Bajan. Man, what are you talking about?
2: After this year, we might not see Justin Fields resurface until he has a Geno Smith career, man. They going to put him on the shelf, man. Bro. They going to put him on the shelf, man.
1: Hey, man. You might be right. Let me put somebody else on the petty train. You know, James James Harden was traded to the Clippers. Y'all still the second second team. And, dude, I don't care how many moves the Clippers make, dude. How much money and how the new stadium looks. The Lakers still bigger than y'all. No one's thinking about the Clippers, man and any thought of a championship you just killed that with the acquisition of james harden james right. harden teams don't win man they don't they just don't yo have you stepped is on one at the beginning of this year bro yeah 42 last night against got new it. orleans
2: it's got. It's got to be madness in the basketball. This man is. Mm. It just doesn't. Nobody is. Shooting has been around for so long. He's got to be doing some type of. Some 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 spiritual things, man.
1: Man. He has because a relationship it, with nobody, that net, boy.
2: Man, it's man. It's not. It's. I believe it's not realistic.
1: What he did to your boy other night Dylan brooks what he did to him i should have put him on the petty train for because and then the run down court holding his head like oh my god that was crazy Come i on, mean it's man. like
2: he's out there not trying or something i'm like is this still the nba or what bro I mean he's he's too good so
1: he really is man he ain't
2: and it's crazy to be in a in a league where he's that good and still not the best player
1: who in your mind changed college football like steph is there anybody that changed the game of college football like steph I was going to say Lamar Jackson, but then the game started opening it up. Was it Johnny Manziel? But Johnny Manziel was the one that forced Nick Saban to be like, okay, I I need to change my defense.
2: Honestly, I think it was Tua. Hmm. I think it was Tua that changed the game because... Okay, here we go. This is my theory. This is my mm-hmm. theory. I believe Tua changed the game because of a couple reasons. Right? Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Oh. Hold on, I gotta I gotta get this out. I hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, I gotta get this out. I believe two had changed the game because one uh, was where he was at, at Alabama. Alabama was the best college football program at that time. Now, Alabama's way of winning and the success they had winning offensively had always been built off of the running backs. And that was the, the judgment of how good your football team was at that time was through the running backs because Alabama won the championships that way. But it also tied to the quarterback where the way Alabama was winning was waning because it was obvious that passing was having more impact on their defense. So when Tua and why he changed the game was because one, he was young. He was a true freshman. So for the greatest coach, quote unquote, of this era to have the confidence in playing a true freshman over at that time where a winning quarterback is not getting replaced. Mm. That didn't, that didn't, that didn't happen. It wasn't until a winning quarterback got replaced. I'm talking about on Jalen Hurts level at the best school in the country where nick saban could have easily been like no we're just gonna ride it out we we taking it we, we taking it for what it is we don't know anything about it." he trusted the entire program on a true two true freshmen two true freshmen because after that loss people would have had so much stuff to talk about alabama being old school two true freshmen he trusted with his whole program and it was that left-handed quarterback whose intangible wasn't running that wasn't what made him the athlete that was better than Jalen Hurts who at the time was the prototype
1: Mm.
2: Cam Newton you go from Cam Newton to Jameis and then you get the Jalen Hurts which was like a smaller Cam Newton but could you know, a little more refined. You know, it was transitioning. Tua broke the mold because of his youth. You replace a starter at the best school in the country, and then you win a championship. That's a play that you'll remember forever.
1: Mm.
2: You'll play remember forever. You started the whole Alabama room and what it was anyway. Because remember, they had Blake Sims before. But they didn't get the championship one. You see. After that Ohio State loss, there was a lot of speculation about how they going to transition. So Tua changed the game because of what became of Alabama shortly after. And how everybody at that point was like, oh, it's green light. We got to start playing these young guys. What did Clemson do the next year? Replace the 15 and two starter that was more similar to their Jalen Hurts. And college football never was the same after that.
1: Never looked at it that way. Let us know. What do you think? Who has been the Steph Curry of college football? If you feel there has been one or hasn't been one. Lucky Lefty Podcast. All right, left. Tomorrow morning, Corey Minor joins us at 11 o'clock. And then on Thursday... Ken Gibbs, who was supposed to be on with us earlier today, we have to move the show back. He joins us Thursday at 1130. So we have a great week of content lined up for you right here in the Lucky Lefty Podcast as we uh, get ready to dig into this game a little bit more the closer we get to it. Notre Dame-Clemson, noon kick death battle on Saturday. For left SD two mics. Have a great evening. Hope your kids are safe. Everyone be safe. If you're going out, be responsible. Don't drink and drive. Uber if you have to, and get home safely, man. We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow with Corey Monday right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Make sure you spin it different. <laughs>